Hey, if you like free stuff, you're gonna like Tim's Rewards by Tim Hortons. You can earn free food or drinks after every seven purchases. Cool, how do I win? Um, it's not a contest. You just use your Tim's Rewards card, and after seven purchases, you score a free coffee, tea, or baked good. Whoa, so I've got a pretty good chance of winning. Well, actually, you've got a 100% chance of winning. Those are great odds. <laughs> they sure are. Free coffee and more with Tim's Rewards. It's Tim Hortons' way of saying thanks. Valid only at participating restaurants. Please visit restaurant or timhortons.com slash rewards for full program details. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome, welcome to the Bodybuilding.com podcast. I'm Nick Coleus. She's Heather Eastman. We're both editors at this Bodybuilding.com establishment. Uh, if you notice, we've been having a lot of PhDs on, these sort of rugged, strong-necked PhDs on the podcast recently. It's because we've been lucky enough to have five of them here in a single day for uh, a little mini-conference from the International Society of Sports Nutrition. And today we have with us Dr. Douglas Kalman, who is the co-founder of that society, along with Dr. Jose Antonio, who was on another episode recently. Uh, Dr. Kalman is a professor at Nova Southeastern University, works in a, for a clinical research company as well, and is co-author of a bunch of interesting papers. Um, some, some of them are the ISS, ISSN's position papers, which have been really cool over the last few years, sort of establishing baselines of, of research to, to move forward from. Like, all right, here's what everybody's saying in a totally condensed form. Essentially, a lot of the ISSN position papers are meant to give uh, a thorough overview and review of a topic, mm -hmm. but then because we know that we're a society that likes cliff notes, there's bullet points that you could just take home. Sure. <laughs> I, I look at some of them and I'm like, all right, it's sort of like the writing is on the wall. The writing's on the wall about creatine. The writing is on the wall about protein. Like, mm -hmm. They're good things. Right. Right, right. You know, it, I find it uh, troublesome that after... Let's see, creatine's been on the market at least 23, 24 years, that we still have to have discussions with people about either the safety or the efficacy mm -hmm. of creatine. And you know, I just bring it up because most people normally get about one to two grams of creatine in their diet daily. Unless you're a vegan, then you get very little because mm -hmm. it's mostly in meat and fish. So we're getting something. It's Supplementing with creatine is no different, analogous, same too as supplementing with the carbohydrate. There is no gator tree, but yet there's Gatorade. Mm -hmm. So sugar, water, and salt, so does gator, right? But that's a carbohydrate supplement when in reality or a carbohydrate electrolyte su supplement in reality. You know, and it's meant to help augment somebody's carb stores for a, a long endurance event or a hard exercise. Just like creatine is meant to help augment your creatine stores for high energy output. Mm. Right. And the Egg McMuffin is is what sort of supplement for me then? <laughs> so it's the muck supplement. So yeah. what do you what do you think that is that that even though there are like you said twenty years of research to back these supplements, like what do, why do you think people hold on to these misconceptions and and myths, if you will? That's a good question because, you know, creatine actually has been used medically for close to 100 years. Really? Yes, because there are certain inborn errors of metabolism that um, you're, where your body will produce very little or not produce or not be able to utilize creatine. Mm -hmm. And creatine, for those of you that don't know, are, is, is a substrate for making energy something known as ATP. Mm -hmm. And creatine in the body is known as phosphocreatine, and creatine is used to make ATP, especially when you're using energy. So um, why, I think it sort of becomes from, you know, this might sound funny, but it sort of comes from, for almost any dietary supplement, there's still a belief in, in some of the older crowd, if you will, mm -hmm. of, well, supplements are just snake oil, mm -hmm. and they're just selling a dream. 
and they're just selling what was ever sold in the late 1800s, early 1900s kind of thing. And what we know is now uh, is reality is that supplements are meant to be used in addition to what you eat, in addition to diet. Supplement doesn't mean instead of, otherwise it would be called instead of supplements. They're right. called supplements. There's a good right? brand right now. <laughs> yeah. The instead so, of brand. Somebody will come up with that and trademark it by tomorrow and have a website. And you know, so therefore supplements mean in addition to. So mm -hmm. of course we want you to, to always eat the foods that are, are most correct for your goals. But in reality, most people don't. You know, um, for example, if we just think about the mineral potassium, it's about 67 to 70% of us do not get 4,700 milligrams of the recommended or 4,700 milligrams of the recommended amount of potassium daily. So if you have almost 70% of society that doesn't get it through their diet, and that's where we're supposed to, where else do you get it? Uh, through a supplement, you know, to help fill that gap. Some of them are nutritional gaps. In, in, in medicine, they call them nutritional shortfalls. And, you know, these are very real items that in today's society um, is, t is respected and taken that much more serious than, let's say, in the 1960s and early 70s and before that. Sure. Hmm. We were talking about this with Dr. Antonio a little bit the other day. The one other reason that maybe the people are resistant to something like protein, which he's a, a huge advocate, yes. is that it's in their mind, it's just tied to the bodybuilder mm -hmm. a little bit as well. And this person who, you know, feels like they're, they're kind of doing it for a selfish undertaking. It's not necessarily like, oh, you're doing this for health. You're doing it for your own selfish reasons. Well, the history of protein supplements really came from first, well, there's two different classes of people that would utilize protein supplements, athletes and those in medical need. So when I, as a registered dietitian, when I used to work in a hospital, sometimes we would prescribe protein supplements for that patient that wasn't eating enough or their wounds weren't healing fast enough. So you give them some extra protein and extra vitamin A and D and a few other things, zinc or whatever it might be. And so historically, yes, protein's always been thought more of the bodybuilding supplement. And then it's also been thought wrongly and uh, I may say this word wrong, promulgated mm -hmm. in, in an incorrect manner by many different physicians and even nutritionists say, oh, too much protein is going to kill your kidneys. No, a matter of fact, if you get extra protein, studies actually show it helps with bone density. Studies show that it helps with losing fat mass. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're healthy... No, it doesn't harm your kidneys. It it's a macronutrient. That was one I've heard recently. Yeah, yeah there, there, there's always been talk about meat intake in cancer. IGF and that's actually more related to the cooking methods of the meat rather than the meat itself. So like when you char boil, broil rather, when broil. you char broil. Mm -hmm. Char boil does not sound no, very tasty, whatever. <laughs> it sounds like caffeine fatigue. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> so when somebody char broils or they blacken something, mm -hmm. And when you see those really dark residues that are either stuck to the meat or stuck to your grill, those are compounds that are called uh, heterocyclic amines. And what happens is those can be potentially carcinogenic. Um, and, and, and so those become the concern. But in general, listen, we're born with teeth and mm -hmm. we're born to use teeth for a reason. And it's not just to take an apple off of the tree. It's also to eat that cow or to eat whatever it is, which includes protein foods. Mm. Now I wanted to talk to you a little bit about about um, cognition and treating treating the brain as a mus uh, as a muscle, which is a phrase you used in a uh, in a lecture you gave earlier today. But I also think it's fascinating that you have this dual interest in cognition and and the brain, but you're also a boxer. You're a, a, a for a long time boxer. You know we we live in this age now where basically oh no you got to protect your you got to protect your head. What about CTE? You can't you can't get hit in the head. How do you how do you balance those two? How you and how did you get into boxing as a as a sport? Well. well 
I trans, uh, tra- I was a wrestler always. Mm-hmm. Grew up wrestler, wrestled in college, wrestled a little bit after college in one of the club teams in New York. And then when I, when I decided I was done with it, you know, I have to do something to stay active. Mm-hmm. I've always done weightlifting. I've always done running, but I wanted a different type of challenge. So I actually, in the early 90s, I competed in bodybuilding. Um, I just wanted to see what that was like. If I'm going to coach somebody nutritionally, let me also see what it's like to go through, right? right? And also as a sports nutritionist and somebody with an academic background and understanding what the body goes through, I thought it worthwhile to know what it does it physically, excuse me, what does it physically feel like? So boxing interested me because I just wanted something else to conquer, something else to do. Conquer might be the wrong word, but something, another challenge. And it was born out of having um, um, so many surgeries uh, 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 that said, okay, my marathon running career is over unless I want a hip replacement. What else can I do? Oh, kickboxing or boxing would be a challenge. Let me take that up. So now moving into, well, if you're in a contact sport, whether it's soccer or American football, um, or some type of combat sport, should you be worried about getting hit on the noggin, getting hit on the head? Uh, I say it this way, yes, but not if that worry paralyzes you. Mm-hmm. If you're paralyzed by fear, then you have other issues to deal with, okay? And if you're taught right in boxing um, and in combat sports, you learn to move enough to minimize those things. And, and, and yes, you're going to get hit. You're going to get knocked. And then you realize whether the sport is for you or not. I personally am not... Uh, I. I'll take it this way. My, my teenage son, somebody asked me, how can you let them play football? I said, why wouldn't I let them play football? Mm-hmm. Let them have that experience. Uh, no, I'm not worried. I'm not even worried if the kid gets cracked in the head and, has, and, and is knocked out, right? Yes, that happens. But it's what you do and how you treat the person after. Mm-hmm. You know, we know nutritionally, you brought up cognitive sports nutrition and training the brain or treating the brain like you would treat a muscle. We know that there are certain um, nutritional aids that help reduce brain inflammation or help improve brain recovery. For uh, for example, creatine monohydrate is one such ingredient that reduces inflammation and has been shown to enhance brain energy output and brain cognition, even with hypoxia. So even um, with taking oxygen away from a person. Mm -hmm. So there are nutritional things that you could do to help minimize um, what I call facts of life, things that are just going to happen from playing sport. You could trip walking down your driveway with the gifts that you just bought for your family and hurt your head. So I don't like to live in a world of what if or a, a world of fear. So that's just me personally. And I've, heard, I've heard that creatine as well has been shown to have some neuroprotective effect for people who do get hit in the head. Exactly. Like you have to have taken it beforehand, right? You can't take it like aspirin afterwards. Well, yeah, it's, it's not like one dose and done right. uh, with an aspirin per se. But yes, um, taking low dose, I think it's actually for lifelong health, what you call life cycle health. Especially, you know, let's say you get past the age of being, um, uh, what's the right word, where you're invincible when you're in your late teens and early 20s, you feel invincible. Invincible. Right. (laughs) And and then suddenly you wake up one day and this aches and that aches. You know, life cycle nutrition tells me, I believe that all of us should be taking low dose, meaning one to three grams, a half a teaspoon of creatine as just for general. If you look at it, creatine helps you gain and maintain muscle mass. Mm -hmm. So if you're now talking about your parents or your grandparents, and we are worried about 
sarcopenia, loss of muscle as you age mm -hmm. and loss of muscle function as you age. Taking something that helps preserve that muscle and preserve strength might help decrease risks that they have that's associated with aging. Not only cognitive risks, but you know, older, if you break a hip, you're done. You know, um, or, you know so these things that are very real Sure, sure. And uh, now creatine at this point, if people who've listened to this podcast, we've done several episodes on it. It's one of those that's very easy to fit for a certain person under the health umbrella, kind of like fish oil right. to, a, to, to a certain class of person. A certain other class of person, no, they'll never view it that way. But it can, yeah, there, there's a case for it from a health perspective. Talking about other cognitive enhancing supplements, it could be somebody, it could be easy for somebody who says, oh yeah, sure, I take protein, fish oil, even creatine. Uh, th those other ones, though, those those feel more like drugs. If you're thinking of like something that actually, you know, affects the way that you think or your motivation, or um, yeah, how how do I don't know how do you how do you conceptualize those, and what's the benefit of of those sorts of supplements? Well, I like to take a, a view of cognitive sports nutrition or cognitive supplements, nootropics, some people call them, and break them into different classes. So ones that might help you with neuroprotection, keeping your brain healthy over a lifetime, um, or helping you recover from injury, which is like the creatine or omega-3 fatty acids and even DHA, high-dose DHA. Um, then I also like to classify those, those that will help you with focus as well as performance. So now we know for this next one ingredient that I'll give as an example, the dose could be something that helps you or too high of a dose could be one that hurts you. And I'm not sure what's in your cup, but <laughs> you know, coffee. Yeah, so I, coffee her, I brought her that coffee because okay. she's doing like four podcasts today. I said, she needs, she needs some nootropics assistance. I'm still working on it. So, <laughs> so you're a slow coffee drinker, <laughs> you know, but um, let's talk about caffeine because caffeine and coffee are not synonymous mm -hmm. in the sense that when you have coffee, there's other caffeic acids, other compounds that naturally occur in coffee that do its magic, where when you isolate caffeine alone, which is found in a lot of pre-workouts as um, anhydrous caffeine mm -hmm. um, or caffeine extracted from some you know, guarana bean or whatever it might be, they have other effects. So where the doses you know, can help you with reaction time, can help with mental focus, can help with reducing the amount of um, uh, distraction, uh, you know, that becomes something that's in the now. Mm -hmm. That becomes sport performance. Because we already know that caffeine raises your pain threshold, and we also know that caffeine can help increase your reaction time, right? If I'm in a sport, reaction time matters. Mm -hmm. Let's say that we're playing the sport of dodgeball. Mm -hmm. Your reaction time of getting out of the way of that ball matters. Definitely. So if even if it's a tenth of a second less, that's a tenth of a second less. In a boxing fight or a, a UFC MMA fight, having a quicker reaction time can, can mean the whole difference in what you do. Another example that I'll give that improves reaction time, and it's been proven in healthy, physically active people, meaning athletes, as well as in older adults, mm -hmm. is uh, what a, a special form of arginine known as nitrosogene, which is an arginine um, and acetol bonded together, if you will. So nitrosogene. Nitrosogene has been found to increase reaction time, has been found to increase mental flexibility. So if we're talking about mental flexibility and we're talking about sport performance, it's basically the ability to do, to do and or think about more than two things at the same time. Mm -hmm. That is a definite real world application, whether you're playing chess 
right? Or whether you're playing human chess. Boxing to me is human chess with the physical sure. um, exclamation point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Because every move or step you take is in either to make your opponent move one way or the other mm -hmm. or in reaction to what he or she is doing. So that's chess. And then even with where you're punching, how you punch, and all of that. So to me, if I'm able to think two or three steps ahead and do it faster than the next person, that is cognitive sports nutrition that has an impact on actual play or actual outcome. Mm -hmm. mm. And there's more than just nitrosogene or caffeine that, that have these beneficial effects. Right. I heard you talking about... Uh Phosphatidylserine is one. Phosphatidylserine is an interesting type of fatty acid, if you will, mm -hmm. that seems to have better effects on longer term memory in older adults and is still being evaluated for the potentiation of sport use. However, other compounds in the same family mm -hmm. or downstream family of phosphatidylserine, such as citicoline, which is commercially known as Cognizant is one of the brands, um, along with uh, alpha-glycerol phosphylcholine, known as popularly as alpha-GPC, mm -hmm. sure. or alpha-size, I think is the branded version of that ingredient that's, that's on the market. Um, those are two other ingredients that have definitive use for these same type of mental flexibility Mm. Uh, that I mentioned, and, uh, and a few other things related to cognition. And so when we talk about cognitive sports nutrition, why would somebody only want to train their body without training? It's called, you know, the mind-muscle connection, if you will. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you want to have it all in tune? Right. And to me, if I'm tuning up my car, I'm not only putting in the best gas, I'm making sure the oil is good and all the spark plugs are new and there's no gunk in what, however cars work in the flow of things. Sure. So same thing for sports. Now, do I put every athlete or recommend every athlete to take all of these different things? No. And it's not because I don't have a belief system. Again, nutrition is science. Belief system is called religion. Right. Two totally different things. But you have to work with the athlete with A, what fits in their wheelhouse B, what fits in their financial abilities. C, what's going to give that person the most bang for their buck. And then um, D, their lifestyle. So I have some athletes that are always on the go. I have one heavyweight champion boxer that I do their, their nutrition. They hardly, most of the week they eat out. They're not eating at home. So even though they have a beautiful wife that is willing to make all of their meals, they just can't because of they have to go here for a press conference. They have to go here for training. Now they're filming a movie over here. Now they're back at the boxing gym. So it's not always easy. So portable nutrition comes into the role. And to me, dietary supplements are a part of portable nutrition. Whether you're having that um, protein-based bar or a carbohydrate bar, you know, Power Bar, the original one, which is mostly carbohydrate or one of these protein bars that have 20, 25 grams of protein, that's portable nutrition. And, and these things also, because remember, the type of fuel that your brain prefers, now preference doesn't mean best, but mm -hmm. the type of fuel that your brain prefers is glucose, carbohydrate. So if your brain prefers it, why do you want to irritate your brain and not give it? Give it at least a little, mm -hmm. you know? It's like your pet at home. You know that when you come home, your dog's going to jump all over you. But if you give it five minutes of attention, it's happy and it'll leave you alone for a little bit <laughs> so you can unwind. So same thing with your body. You got to feed, you got to fuel your body to, to achieve the goals that you want. So now do you, 
Um, do you find that you periodize cognitive supplements for people like fighters as well? Is it in the training? Is it uh, what's just part of an everyday lifestyle, and what do you start to cycle? And I know some people, like powerlifters, will um, periodize their caffeine consumption before an event or something sure. like that. Sure, and I agree with them. One of the things that we do with combat athletes, um, for a combat athlete that has a scheduled fight, generally those you sign for a fight, if you're lucky and you know way in advance, it might be 12, 10 or 12 weeks ahead, mm-hmm. right? But most of them are six or eight weeks. So to me, I always like to start off giving them a health base. Then since I know and work with, I should say, and ask the strength and conditioning coach along with the head striking coach and their wrestling coach and their Zumba coach or whoever else is like, okay, what's your progression is going to be like? So, um, you know, I'm trying to get to the point where when they're at their hardest level of training camp is when I typically will introduce the cognitive Mm -hmm. because some of these cognitive nutrition supplements have been proven to have an effect within 15 minutes of an ingestion, right? Mm -hmm. Or within the first three or four days. So I like to bring it in. When you're at your hardest camp, that also is typically you don't have much camp left Mm -hmm. and then you're getting, and then it's fight week. So in the beginning, it's about making sure that you got a health maintenance. Right. right. And then from that, it's specializing on what would be appropriate for that fighter. Okay. And let me just und- underscore, underline, that the biggest thing for anybody, any nutrition coach that's working with any athlete, the most or the number one thing that your job is to do is to help them stay healthy. If they don't stay healthy during a fight camp or during football training or during whatever, they're not going to play. So what good are you? Mm-hmm. So the first base is Let's get them healthy. Let's keep them healthy. And that's on everybody's mind, sure. you know? And that kind of health baseline, is that something that, you know, you're just talking elite athletes or is that something that anyone who wants to just kind of get into these supplements that they can take advantage of? Well, I would say that anybody that has an active lifestyle or anybody that cares about longevity should have a base. So what do we use as a base? You and I know that we don't all always eat perfectly. Mm-hmm. Have you had five to nine servings of fruits and vegetables today? Probably not yet. I, had, I have half of an apple over there. Once I eat that, I'll, I'll get to nine. That I'm other half you. is mine. You said that we have to split it to the bodybuilding.com I, I would fight you over it, but I think I know how that story would end. Watch yeah. out, I'm a lefty. He's a, a meathead with fists oh. is how he yeah. described himself. Um, you know, but you know, getting back to that, I, I think it's important for anybody that's physically active as well as not physically active. But since we're at bodybuilding.com, people that are listening or tuning in, watching, more active than that, they're either trying to get a, a healthy, active lifestyle, or they're already living it. So I like to have a couple of things that help base items. I know that most people don't eat lots of fruits and vegetables, so they're, they're, they have nutrient shortfalls, not getting adequate magnesium, not getting adequate potassium, not getting some adequate electrolytes and some other vitamins and minerals. For example, if you're somebody that really restricts your fat intake and or don't know how to eat healthier fats, where are you getting your vitamin E from? You know, um, things like this. So to me, a good general multivitamin um, mineral product is a base. Now, I I will tell you honestly, well, I'll never tell you a lie unless you ask me to lie to you, but I'll tell you honestly, for most people thinking about men over women, if you're recommending or discussing a multivitamin, I like it to be without iron, Mm -hmm. right? Now, why in men? And then we'll get to women. 
about 10% of the male population carry a gene for um, a condition that's known as hemochromatosis. And hemochromatosis is a condition where your liver stores iron and then overstores it. And then this overstorage of iron causes damage to your liver, much like how alcoholism can cause damage to your liver. And that's in about 10% of men. So Relatively high. Yeah, one out of 10. Mm -hmm. So we don't know who you are, but I know that if I don't recommend you iron and you're just getting it through your diet, that should be fine. Then when it comes to women, we know that women, especially women that, ha uh, that are premenopausal, mm -hmm. right? Um, if they have um, normal menstrual cycles, they're, they're, they're losing blood once a month, every month, could be for a couple of days, a week, whatever it is. So while they are naturally undergoing this blood loss process, they're also losing iron and other minerals, and they tend to have a higher insufficiency or deficiency rate of iron than compared to males. Mm -hmm. So a woman, I might recommend a multivitamin with iron, although the iron I, I like to limit at no more than the USRDA. And the general reason for that is well, there's two reasons. One is that iron, be, um, uh, iron can constipate people. Mm -hmm. It's one of the side effects sure. of iron supplements. Well known. Yeah. And uh, the other reason is that iron can also act as a pro-oxidant. So you know that antioxidants like mm -hmm. beta carotene, vitamin C, vitamin E, they help protect your cells and your body and your brain and all sorts of things from what's known as free radical damage mm -hmm. or unpaired electrons pinging throughout your body like they're ping pong balls being uh, not held. You know, well, iron can act as a pro-oxidant and cause damage, mm -hmm. oxidative stress. Looking a little rusty. Right. right. Okay, so right. that's why those yeah. bodybuilders look like they're orange. It's because they have too much <laughs> iron in their diet. Well, who knows why they look orange? <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the, the you know, the tan stuff oh, they I'm rub on. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> no, or, um, too much carrot juice. Does that same recommendation hold true for dietary iron, like red meats and... Well, in terms of dietary iron... Dietary iron won't constipate you, right? Where supplemental iron for some reason does. Mm -hmm. So dietary iron, from a male's perspective uh, or a female's perspective, we encourage getting it through food. Okay. We now, I will bring this up because it's also related to cognitive sports nutrition. Let's say that you decide, Heather decided today that she's going to become a strict vegan. She's joined PETA. <laughs> And this is truer than you know. She's just, she's just not a strict vegan. Okay. She's she's a vegan who we can sneak eggs into her and diet. And she'll stop wearing the leather the leather boots that she yeah. wears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, vegan leather boots. She pulls them up further. <laughs> I think that was like an official screw you. Now, why do I bring up vegans? Not to pick on them because for about eight years or so, I was a vegetarian. Mm. But I was a vegetarian that ate fish and eggs. But I just never ate any meats, no chicken, no turkey, no red meat, no pork, right? For whatever my reasons were. Now, going back to vegans and even more restrictive or the more restrictive types of vegetarians, they are eliminating B12 and iron out of their diets right. for the most part. And from a cognitive or a brain function standpoint, if you have over time, not like a day or two, maybe mm -hmm. three months, four months, five months longer, if you have insufficient intake of B12, an insufficient intake of iron, it actually affects the, the health of your nerves. It actually affects brain cognition. Mm. You know, so some people that are vegan and acting foggy in their head, it's not because that they're a little slow on the uptake. They're missing minerals and vitamins in their diet that are very important.
So for people that listen to bodybuilding.com and that have chosen to become vegans, and there's, again, nothing wrong with be a vegan. You just want to be educated about how you eat and what supplements you might need to fill the gap. Mm-hmm. You know, iron and B12 become very important. Mm-hmm. And, and as you mentioned earlier, amongst my uh, jobs is, is being a... a a sport nutritionist for a college. I have 18 teams. So these 18 teams, every season, every year, I go through, all right, who's a vegan, who's a vegetarian, who's a regular meat eater? So I know who needs a little bit extra attention about how to pick Mm. foods. Because if you're thinking about the college market and maybe some of the people watching, listening to this, maybe it's their first year of college or it's their first year they've ever lived away from home and now they're responsible or somewhat responsible for their own food intake, Mm -hmm. you know? And so learning how to make these choices also matter. And anybody that's looking to become the best person they can as a, as a physically active adult, teenager, and so forth, you want to, you know, you want to eat to fuel for your goals, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. And, and we know that that student population and that younger population is also one where nootropics are increasingly popular as sure. well. Mm-hmm. Not only from the, hey, I want to be the best student I can perspective, but from I want to enhance, you know, video game experience. We know they're incredibly popular among gamers. But Thinking of, thinking of that person, of that student or that person who just, you know, they have a job where they're trying to be as clear-minded and as focused as possible. Are there any nootropic supplements that they should be considering aside from just, you know, hitting the, hitting the coffee pot over and over again? Well, yeah, we all, okay, we covered caffeine and we know that a lot of the, it's kind of interesting. And, and if you don't mind, I'll bring up a name brand here mm-hmm. of, a, of a drink. So there's a drink that's called Balls, B-A-W-L-S. Sure. Mm-hmm. They're one of the sponsors uh, of uh, some of the biggest gaming competitions, mm-hmm. you know, and and why is that? Because, well, these people, because they'll play for hours and the caffeine fuels them, mm-hmm. or maybe along with the sugar. So I like to try to get away from that model because I do worry about overstimulation from too much caffeine. Right. We know that some people are caffeine sensitive, That so if they have coffee or tea or something with caffeine after four o'clock, it screws up their sleep for the night. Mm-hmm. You know, And other people where, like for me, I can have a cup of coffee and go to sleep five minutes later, it doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. That's genetics, I'm a fast metabolizer. You can actually have that tested sure. by 23andMe um, or by a company called Nutrigenomics out of Canada. I didn't know they could test that, okay. Yeah, they oh, test, they oh. test your, your, your caffeine metabolizing gene, hmm. if you will. Um, Nutrigenomics from Canada is great, as well as 23andMe. It's part of the panels that they do. I mentioned the Nutrigenomics company because they specifically do an athlete's panel, a sport panel. So all of the different types of genes, if you will, genetics, that have been at least determined to have an impact on what type of athlete you are, how good you are, your dietary style, and things like this. Now, going back, if you're a gamer, Um, or even if not you're a gamer, but let's do an analogy to gaming. Let's say that you're playing a sport that is going to last longer than a half hour. It's going to last an hour. It's going to last an hour and a half. It's going to last two hours. An NFL football game with these TV timeouts these days average about three hours, right? Easily. Right? Now, they're not always playing for those three hours, but they're on the field, and sometimes you get hungry, sometimes you get tired, sometimes you get fatigued. Mm -hmm. Same thing with gaming. Mm -hmm. They may not be playing because it might not be their round, but they're still there. Same thing with working about building.com sometimes <laughs> unfortunately sometimes working with any damn job right <laughs> so you know there are some nootropics that have been found to have an immediate effect it can help you now it's not like you need to be taking it for a month in order to mm-hmm. to have a benefit you know one of the downfalls if you will of a famous nootropic is of ginkgo biloba mm-hmm. right 
which is does definitely has excuse me some positive effects on memory is that's one that's with long-term use and over time where if, as if you take nitrosagine, this specialized form of arginine, research shows within 10, 15 minutes, it's already having an effect on your cognition. And that'll, you know, of course, with continued dose, dosing just once a day, um, it lasts, or even the first dose effect can last up to the first three or four days. Then with continued dosing, it actually, it enhances the effect. It doesn't diminish it. Mm. So two weeks after starting your first dose, you're actually better off than where you are in the first four days, but within the first four days, you're still better off than before you took anything. So to me, for gamers, I would be thinking about things like nitrosagine. I would be thinking about low-dose caffeine. Uh, I would be thinking about paracetam. I would be thinking about, you know, maybe cognizant. Mm -hmm. um, but I would, not, I would not decide. Here's a saying that we have in sports, rather. Never do something new on the day of competition that you haven't done in practice. Mm. And the same thing happens for nutrition. If you're running a marathon, you don't want it to be the first day that you ever tried a goo or any of those kind of carbohydrate um, pouch supplements mm -hmm. during your marathon. Why don't you want it to be the first time? Because you don't know how your gut's going to react. Right. Right. You don't know whether it's going to give you dumping syndrome, meaning run to the bathroom as fast as you can before it dumps mm -hmm. out, mm -hmm. right? or it's gonna cause you a bellyache. So same thing with nutritional supplements. If I'm a gamer, or if I know I have this upcoming match coming up, like tennis, I work with a lot of tennis players also. So some of the female tennis players, their match is over in an hour, and sometimes it's longer. You know, the last US Open, I, I was privileged to have three of the four people that made it to the, to the semifinals mm -hmm. were, were females I worked with. You know, so that was awesome to me because right. it's like, oh, I know you, I know you. This is what we do. This is what we do. This is what you do. You know, and it, it turned out quite well. So my point being, some of them I would want to start because while I'm training, mm -hmm. so I could know how I feel. Right. Right. Because how you feel on fight day, how you feel on marathon day, how you feel on your bodybuilding competition day, you want to sort of know as much of that ahead of time so psychologically you can also control for that. Think about the first time, you know, Heather stood on stage uh, doing a bodybuilding contest. You know, the feelings that you may have went through, mm -hmm. the nervousness, yep. uh, whether it, it doesn't matter whether it was bikini, figure, bodybuilding, all of that is not something you experience totally in a gym, mm -hmm. even if you're posing in front of your coach or you're weightlifting with the team. But you need to try to get comfortable with the unknown. But one of the things that you don't want to have an unknown is how your body is going to react to, to what you eat and what you put in it. Right. Sure. And right. yeah, and, and nootropic supplements, you don't, yeah, you don't always know how you're going to feel the first time, how you're going to respond, I imagine. And maybe how they interact with caffeine. Do they all play nicely with caffeine for people who you know, are? What, what they, in general, they play okay with caffeine. The type of nootropic ingredient that is also extracted from uh, or found in, for example, green tea, and I just really want everybody to understand green tea, like the tea you get in sushi restaurants, mm -hmm. um, oolong tea, the tea that you get in Chinese restaurants, mm -hmm. and black tea, the tea Americans mostly drink, are all from the same leaf. It's all from the same Camellia sinensis. It just has to do with the age of the leaf, if you will, that dictates the kind of tea that's produced. Uh, so they all have the same family of compounds of polyphenols, you know, and... Um, I totally forgot where we were going. My oh, cognition's off. How they all play with each other. So, okay, tea, now, now I was going back. I'm sorry, thank you. Yeah, so now I was going back into two other ingredients that 
can come from teas. Mm-hmm. One known as L-theanine, mm-hmm. right? And that majority comes from green tea and comes from some mushrooms. And another one that comes from um, a different type of tea called kucho tea, known as teacrine. T-E-A-C-R-I-N-E. Mm-hmm. similar in naming. They're mm-hmm. similar in naming, but they're different in effects. Mm-hmm. So... Caffeine and theanine have been shown to have synergy for helping a person to feel more relaxed and be less distracted while completing tasks, whereas caffeine plus teacrine has been found to enhance exercise output, enhance cognition, increase the pain threshold, increase um, attentiveness, and increase mental flexibility. So a little bit different than theanine. Theanine helps you feel relaxed while you're more focused, while teacrine helps the intensity of the focus. Mm-hmm. So they both can be used. If I'm a gamer, I would probably try both of them, but not all three. Sure. Yeah. And those are two supplements that I, I, I've been seeing on more labels in the office. I'm a, yeah. I, I, I just randomly pick up labels to see what people are putting in them these days. And I've seen those in a lot more pre-workouts, I feel like, recently. Yeah, teacrine, often found with caffeine. Mm-hmm has been uh, becoming more popular in pre-workouts, very much due to since 2014, there started to be an uptick in, in the scientific interest in this compound. Mm-hmm. And so come 2014, 2016, 2017, there's been studies and studies in athletes. So for example, Dr. Sean Arendt out of Rutgers University did a study on the soccer team. Half the soccer team getting theanine, mm-hmm. teacrine rather, Teacrine and the other half getting a placebo and under various conditions. And we're basically able to show that teacrine had an effect on not only mental focus and reduction of errors, but on prolonged focus even an hour and a half after dosing, Mm. which to me means an immediate effect because now I'm having this enhanced cognition for at least the next hour and a half after I take, yeah. sometimes longer. Mm. So to me, that means that I can use it today and have the effect today versus creatine, let's say, a totally different substance, right. which also has neuroprotective effects, isn't a, something that affects the body and impacts the body more over time right. than on, after a single dose. Mm. And L-theanine, is, I, we've been hearing about it a lot and, and about the synergy with, with caffeine. Is that something that continues over time if somebody's like, you know what, I'm tired of just just being caffeinated at work. I like sure. the idea of that synergy. Does it, like, uh, I think it was ginkgo or ginseng, one of the two, you said yeah, over time it get, becomes less effective. Can I? Can you just, like, pop, a th- pop an L-theanine with your coffee and benefit from it every day? The answer is yes. Apparently, from what we've seen in, in the clinical studies and, and, and the information that we're gathering. So one of the popular names of L-theanine, mm-hmm. right, from a brand name, Sometimes you see this on the labels as suntheanine, mm-hmm. and that's a, a branded version of L-theanine. What I want to share as important when it comes to L-theanine is that dosing matters. So we've, so we've seen studies that have used anywhere from 50 to about 250 milligrams of theanine and all of that having benefit. So if you see something that has 10 milligrams, then you say to yourself, this might be pixie dust right. and more for marketing than it is for reality. Mm-hmm. And again, the, one of the benefits of theocrine is, well, and if it's mixed with caffeine, caffeine stimulates you, but theanine reduces the negative effects of that stimulation mm-hmm. so that you're able to enhance your focus that much more mm-hmm. and that you're able to stay on task or on target that much more. 
Sure. It's, 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 a, it's an ingredient that I see in a lot of sort of sleepy nighttime blends too. Well, the it's reason why, yes, and the reason why theanine is used in the, some of the sleep formulas or the relaxation formulas is that partially one of the effects that it has is it, includes, it increases alpha wave activity of the brain. Mm -hmm. And when you increase alpha wave activity of the brain, that induces the body to be more relaxed. So when it was originally being developed, in part, sun theanine, as, as the branded ingredient that was first undergoing these studies, was thought of, let's, think, let's evaluate this as a sleep aid. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know about you, but there are some people that, you know, they say, oh, I did not get a good night's sleep last night. My mind was racing all night. Mm -hmm. Well, th that's a type of person that needs to be a little bit more relaxed, you know, and where L-theanine may have a benefit. Mm. Or somebody that says, you know, I have trouble staying asleep while I'm sleeping. It's because they never got into some of the deeper mm -hmm. uh, sleep. Mm -hmm. They never got into deep REM sleep. They didn't go through all the sleep cycles. And you want to go through the first sleep cycle of relaxation in order to allow the brain do, to do all the rest. So that's why it's also beneficial. For, it's not one or the other. Mm. L-theanine can be in a sleep supplement and it can also be in a sports supplement. Mm. Interesting. So as you learn more and more about these things, do you find that you take more stuff or less stuff over time? I, I like to answer you this way. I find I buy more stuff. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I have to be quite honest with everybody listening, watching, whatever it might be. I'm much like everybody else. I, I joke and say, at this point in my life, when I was younger, I was very regimented, mm -hmm. very, very regimented. I'm more on the order of OCD regimented, right? I was a college wrestler. I, I would only eat certain things. I would only do certain, you know, whatever. And so now I find myself when it comes to dietary supplements that I'm consistently inconsistent, mm -hmm. right? Like many yeah. people around yeah. here, I think. Right. And I think that's kind of normal. Mm -hmm. But when I have a specific goal in mind, right? So if I have an upcoming boxing match or I know my wife wants to do a photo shoot, so we have to get in great condition with the new baby or whatever it might be, then there's a specific goal. And then I structure everything I do around that goal, including taking supplements. So from like my last fight, I was very regimented about the amount of curcumin I was taking or turmeric, about my multivitamins daily, about my fish oil, about my creatine, about beta alanine, about nitrosagene and about MSM. I was using Opta MSM as well because I like it for joint health. You know, So from that perspective, I was regi very regimented and knew exactly what times of the day I was gonna take it relative to what meal. And if I was on the road, bring my pills with me. Uh, you know, I set it up every, for every day. You know, so like most people, though, if you don't have a goal, it's hard to stay consistent. Right. Mm -hmm. at, at least like six weeks out, you start to get that, okay. that tight. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Most definitely. Well, for someone who doesn't have the benefit of being able to work with someone like you, they're, they're just kind of experimenting at home, you know, because we get questions all the time of, oh, you know, I tried this, but I didn't feel it or I felt it too much or, you know, what, sure. what's kind of some general guidelines to help, help these people who don't have a, a laboratory to go to and, you know, that's a good question. And, um, what I'd like to say to those people that are, are a little bit newer mm -hmm. um, or those people that are exploring both exercise and um, different kinds of dietary lifestyles, including nutritional supplements, is it's important to, to, to read. It's important to understand. It's kind of funny, sort of off topic, but not. Mm -hmm. um, 
years ago, before the company NBTY bought Metrics, I had a couple of friends that worked for Metrics then. And that was when Rexall Sundown owned Metrics. But nonetheless, I would ask Erica and I would ask Dr. Antonio and I would ask some of my friends and then I would ask some of their call center people, what's the number one question that you get? And no matter what, and I don't know what the consumer um, experience is here, meaning um, your call center experience, how do I use this product? Mm -hmm. yep. And I would always ask a person that came to my office, why do you buy it if you don't know how to use it? Do you buy a car and then ask, how do I drive it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? No. No, you spend the money. If you, if you, it's just like having a gym membership that you never use. As long as you spent the money, you're yeah, healthy, man. As long man. as you have right. it on your shelf. So first, my first piece of advice is follow the label direction. Directions are on a label for a reason. <laughs> right. So if you're new to this mm -hmm. and you don't know who to trust or what information to trust, because let's be honest with each other here, uh, on the internet, anybody could publish anything. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, you know, when you were in high school or college that some teacher is vetting every different thing that's published on the internet, every website. So you don't always know who to trust or what information. But we do know that bodybuilding.com has solid information and shares from a scientific basis as well as a consumer feedback basis of, of what the experiences are. Many, many reviews. That's yes. right. That's one of yes. the most popular parts of the website uh, is to me too. leave reviews. To mm -hmm. me too. Even when I wanted uh, to try something new, a different flavor of a protein, mm -hmm. let's say, I go look at the reviews. Mm -hmm. I, I'm like, oh, wow, everybody likes Snickerdoodle. How come I don't like it? You know, or whatever it might be. And yes, yeah, Snickerdoodle is a flavor. Is it now? Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm never surprised by the, the number of flavors <laughs> at this point. Yeah. No, but, you know, so Heather, you know, talking or, or addressing what you're saying, I would ask people to please use the resources. Mm -hmm. Use the websites like bodybuilding.com. Use examine.com. Mm -hmm. Go to theissn.org. And, and, and while you may not know where is legitimate information versus others, at least three sites that I just gave right now are legitimate. Mm -hmm. Not just because you know I'm saying so, it's because they've been vetted, they've been peer reviewed. They have information that knows that it's coming from um, not the marketing department, but from the science sure. department. Mm -hmm. If, if nothing know? else, they can give or you regulatory. a place to start. Even. Right. Like if you find, right. all right, that's too much, too little. I don't like this, but I like that. At least you have a place to start. And and you know and and. We're in, a, we're in another version of the information age. Mm -hmm. And there are great books that are out there that are written for the newbie as well as more advanced. You know, so I would also take into consideration whether you're getting a little bit older book like Nutrient Timing that was done by um, uh, Dr. Ivy and, and uh, uh, Portman, mm -hmm. which is written for the consumer about how to eat relative to your exercise times mm -hmm. um, or some of the other newer books you know, uh, these are these can be important tools. Mm -hmm. And everybody who wrote those books is usually online, and you can pester them with questions. Sure, too. sure. Tell them to read. Mm -hmm. And you're online as well. Tell us where we yeah. can find you. People want to well um, follow you in your it, in your progress. So if you googled uh, Douglas Cowman or Doug Cowman, um, an easy way to find me would be on Twitter or Instagram, either as Doug Cowman PhDRD, all one word, mm -hmm. or just Doug Kalman as one word. So um, you'll find me on Twitter and Instagram those ways. And one of the things that I try to do in those two platforms, plus the Facebook platform of Doug Kalman, um, or it might be Douglas Kalman, proper name, I don't remember. I just log on. Now we know what his face looks <laughs> like. You can just find it. Right? <laughs> um, one of the things that I try to do on a daily basis is to share usable information that you can apply today. I'm not only putting pictures of the latest 
whatever that my wife cooked or I made or something. Mm -hmm. But so, for example, the other day I shared uh, a study publication that came out. And uh, the study publication might be a boring topic to you was on how accurate are the food labels on snack items. Mm -hmm. So it was a study of, I think, about 24 or 26 different mm -hmm. popular snack items and looking at how accurate are the food labels for the calories and the macros. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if you know this, by law, under the Food and Drug Administration, food labels are allowed to be off by 20%, huh. okay, or up to 20%. Which means if you have a 100-calorie item, that food could either be 80 calories or 125 calories, so 20% variance. Those little 100-calorie packs that everyone's buying. They might be under or they might be over, okay. right? Because they're allowed to. So it was interesting that this study that, uh, that I shared on, on probably Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, because one thing I like about Instagram, you could share it on all forms sure. at once, oh, yeah. found that of these 24, 26 popular snack items, they were only off by 6.8%. Mm. It was a very little, mm -hmm. you know, uh, which is good because 20% is a lot larger. Right. And if you're somebody that's really counting your calories, you know, difference. a 20% over a day's yeah. time could be bothersome. It, it could be the difference of a little bit, you know, of, of, of something. So I, I share information like that. Or if there's a new study about an ingredient, uh, either a food or a dietary supplement or a beverage that has a unique application or something novel, not just repeating something from mm -hmm. the past. I like to share it because you can apply it today. So in the conference, we were talking earlier today about why is it that creatine monohydrate is considered still the best form of creatine? And, you know, so I'll share studies about how you actually get more creatine on a per gram basis with creatine monohydrate than any of the other creatines. Mm -hmm. So on a per gram and your per dollar basis, that makes a difference. Right. And how nothing- It also happens to be the cheapest one. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. And it's, why is it uh, the least expensive or the cheapest one? Because it, you know, in, in 1993, when Anthony Almada and Ed mm -hmm. Bird first started selling creatine, they, they were the first ones in the United States to be selling creatine. And they, the company that they had at the time before it later became EAS was one known as Cal, uh, the California Body Club. Mm -hmm. And um, then they later on, they teamed up with Bill Phillips, who was an excellent sure. marketer, We've and they started here. EAS. Mm -hmm. and, and then it grew. So at that time, creatine was like $700 a kilo. Mm. You know, now it's so popular and it's 20 something years later that it's pennies, mm. you know, mm -hmm. per kilo. When, the, when this website first started in the 1990s, it was wholesalecreatine.com. Wow. Yep. That's did not know story. that. <laughs> yep. there's, there's a history of bodybuilding.com yeah, video. It's, you can, it's fascinating. Wow. Yeah. I'll have to and watch our, it. Our founder was scooping it and loading it himself <laughs> and taking it to the post office in his blazer. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah I don't that's, know if that's so <laughs> FDA compliant these days. Uh, yeah, what's the, what's the statute of limitations changed. on that? <laughs> it passed. You're good. Good one, Dick. <laughs> you know. well, anyway, thank you. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the upshot there is following this guy and guys like him on Twitter mm -hmm. is underrated because yes. you, there are so many studies coming out all the time. Um, just following you guys in the recent weeks building up to you visiting here, I've been amazed at how much, it's a rabbit uh, how much I've learned and how many good studies I've actually seen where it's like, okay, this is something that. I, I can get a takeaway from, even with just a one sentence bit of commentary from. Uh, something, if you don't mind, I can also share on Instagram. Mm -hmm. If you look at the Instagram that's called the ISSN, mm -hmm. which stands for the International Society of Sports and Nutrition, almost on a daily basis, there is a new gram or upload or whatever you call it, new um, um, something that is shared that takes a study 
then explains to you what does it mean to you hmm. and what were the findings and how does it apply to you. So you can find applied science every day just on, on the ISSN's Instagram, right. which many of us contribute to, Dr. Antonio, Dr. Willoughby, myself, and, and, and others. So not only just mine, but another great resource you know, um, so recently one of them I was really was very interesting was a study that was looking at the metabolic effects of brown rice versus white rice. Mm. You know, because we're told we should be having more brown rice because it has more fiber, more bran, it's right. healthier, blah blah blah. But yet there was no real difference in blood glucose effect or no difference in metabolism uh -huh. between the two. Uh -huh. You know, so while over a lifetime the whole grain brown rice might be healthier, might, might. underline might, right. might, might. In the short term, there's no metabolic difference whether you're having jasmine Thai white rice or, you know, the... Well, there's one difference. It's harder to chew. And yes. this is something that I've heard from competitive bodybuilders. Say, we, go, we go with yeah, white go rice white because rice. your jaw gets tired from all the damn brown already rice. Chewing they might not be cooking it long too. enough. <laughs> That's <laughs> entirely possible. You know, it, it, um, you know, and also for the, the listeners that are on here, if you want, if science interests you and you want to come to a conference that has both... Uh, what we joke around called a meathead application, meaning applied, as well as the more geeky science, meaning there's two tracks that run all day, the ISSN.org or the International Society of Sports Nutrition. We have regional conferences throughout the year and then a, an annual conference that's maybe two, three days long. Um, so on the website, it's always listed. The June is when we have the annual conference. So 2018 June will be in Clearwater, Florida at a hotel on the beach, you know, and I think 2019 is a, a hotel in Vegas and then back to Florida. But nonetheless, there's also regional conferences in April, we have one in Dallas that we're doing and, and, and so forth. So people that are not only follow, follow bodybuilding.com um, um, podcasts and, and, and other educational materials can also come interact with who they read from. Great. All right. Well, thank you for so much for coming down and talking with us. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.